scripture reading today is Acts 10, 34 through 43. Then Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know, you know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. In the words of Frederick Beekner, Christmas has a large and colorful cast. Think about it. Now, the main three, obviously, are Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. But let's include the angel Gabriel, the host of heaven's choir, the shepherds, the innkeeper, the animals, the wise men, and don't forget old Herod, and the star. We have marketed Christmas. Hollywood has had a turn at giving it spin. Books, ceramic figures, movies, Santa Claus, cards, music, and even old Ebenezer Scrooge makes up Christmas. But Easter is different. The symbol of Easter is an empty tomb. You cannot market or domesticate emptiness. You can't string lights and add music to it to impress people. It doesn't move people to spend a lot of money on presents. Now, some of folk like me might go buy a new coat. You might go buy a new dress. You might go buy a new pair of shoes for Easter because we want to look our best. But in general, Easter ebbs and flows around this Christian year because every Sunday, even during Lent, every Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection. And we call that Easter tide. It ebbs and flows. Simply put, God raised Jesus from the dead. He came out of the tomb, left it empty. A few saw him briefly and talked to him. Even a few ate with him. And for believers and unbelievers, life has never been the same since. Nothing about Easter is predictable. All four Gospels have some common element in their stories if you read them. 
Matthew tells of an earthquake after Jesus rose from the dead and dead men walking around. Luke says that the women who came to the tomb that morning believed what the angel told them. They went back and told the disciples and the disciples blew them off as if they were telling some make-believe tale. John tells us that Jesus appeared to the women and the women went back and became the first preachers of our story. They told the disciples that he had been raised from the dead and that he was risen. Easter's not very predictable. It gives you and I the opportunity, though, to experience the mystery of God encountering our lives, as did the first century folk. Let's not assume that this is the same old message or that it communicates the same old message, but that it communicates an accumulated meaning. That every year we come to this day, there's something more to explore about who we are in light of our faith and our trust in God. Peter's words in this text in Acts are important as far as they summarize the story of Jesus' ministry. And I know you were distracted because this thing fell apart and all that sort of thing. But let me just tell you to go back and read that again. Because what the writer of the Acts does, Luke is that he summarizes the ministry of Jesus through Peter's description there. And what we learn in that text is that he gives us an insight about how the story of Jesus has enlarged his understanding. And this Gentile officer mentioned in the text, Cornelius, about what God's true purpose for Easter was. Peter and Cornelius have now experienced firsthand that God is committed to all people. Think about that for just a second. All people. They both, Cornelius and Peter, have had prior experience to their meeting with God coming into their life. Jesus comes to Peter on the rooftop of a house in Joppa. He has this vision of these, all these forbidden foods that were given to him and given through the years to the Israelites not to eat. Pork was one of them. I couldn't have been a Jew. I love pork. <laughs> this same vision came to Cornelius and Cornelius was told to prepare and to send messengers down to Joppa to get Peter and to bring him there. It's like two arch rivals, if you want to use sports, whatever, or titans coming together under one roof. And what happened in that moment changed the world. You see, Peter and Cornelius experienced something from different points of life, in particular for Peter. See, kosher food had to define Judaism. Circumcision had defined Judaism. Now God was revealing his purpose with an inclusive invitation to come to the table. All who believe in Jesus as Lord. God shows no partiality. God was with Jesus who healed all who were oppressed and forgave sins to all who had been in bondage and faith to all who would believe. 
This is a radical shift, folks, from the particular ministry to Israel. And when that stone was rolled away, the whole world became the parish for God through Christ. It was important to note if God had not been faithful to Israel, why could anybody else trust him? All, my friends, means all. Now, I doubt any of you in this place this morning need to be reminded that we celebrate Easter because Jesus rose from the grave. But what does that mean to your life today? What does that really mean to your life today? Peter gave us his story recorded in Acts 10. But what about your story and my story? If you look at our story for the last 2,000 years, it has ebbed and flowed. There have been great moments when the gospel of Christ has been preached all over the world and people have been drawn to that and it has been life-changing. Cultures have been newly renewed and created because of faith, because of where missionaries have gone and done and taught and, and the world has known the joy and glory of the tomb being opened and new life. But there have also been some times when all people was reduced to my people. You heard that phrase before, my people? And my people are those who look and sound and speak and behave like me, spiritually, politically, morally, and ethically. And if you don't, the problem is with you, not me. We have divided and reduced the common ties of essential faith. We have open tables for communion for all people, but we also have communities that say, no, only my people can come to this table. We have people who say, if you don't believe that book, every word in it, God dictated it, sit it down from heaven, and if you don't believe it, you're going someplace that's kind of warm and toasty after you leave this world. There are folk within our, con- within our communities of faith who have all sorts of differences, and sometimes it puts up walls. It's like the stone has been rolled back into the tomb. My people is not what Easter's all intends. I'm for diversity, which honors respect and differences. And there are tensions in the scriptures in the early church. There were tensions between Paul and Peter and Paul and, and, and Barnabas, who was one of Paul's followers. In fact, so much that Paul and Barnabas separated. Paul and Silas went together on their preaching mission and Barnabas found this young guy named John Mark whose words I read at the beginning of worship who has been given authorship of the gospel of Mark. You see, Paul and Barnabas came to a crossroads and went their separate ways, but they did not give up the claim of the gospel. 
I pray for the day when the United Methodist Church will recognize people whose sexual orientation is not the defining exclusion for their eligibility to be ordained as pastors and leader in the church. You see, the thing I love about Parkway Heights, and I've only been here nine months, is that I believe you understand all. And even in this room today, we have people who stretch the spectrum of all. I'm grateful that we have enough grace to honor and celebrate diversity of thought and practice in our common Christian faith. And I believe, my friends, that that is the gift of Easter. Jesus did not qualify those who were acceptable. He rose for all. The heart of the matter is to confess Jesus as Lord, the one who redeemed us. The whole world, as John 3, 16 says, and for us as individual people of faith. So I want to ask you this morning, is all of who you are surrendered to Christ? Some of us may be carrying around guilt and memories of our past that we think Jesus can't accept. But Lord, if you just know, knew how bad I really was, even though it's been 40 years ago, I, I just can't, you can't love me for something that bad. Are you worried about that you don't have enough trust when hardships come? That you'll be swept away by doubt and fear and sink into hopelessness? Are you stuck in a relationship? Are you stuck in a relationship with a child, an adult child perhaps, or maybe it's stressful at your house like it is at mine raising teenagers and they feel the same kind of angst that I feel with them some days. I've used my big voice more lately than I ever have. That's not the kind of voice I want to use all the time at my house. We all are recovering from something Addiction is a painful thing. I speak firsthand. And maybe some of us are just out there searching, or for so long we've been believing what mom and daddy told us, and we've never, ever investigated and examined our own faith journey. Today's Easter calls us to follow Jesus, not as some event that's going to happen again out in the future, this second coming idea. We're not to sit and wait for the final curtain to fall. Easter calls all of us into all the world by shaping the world through the living of the kingdom of Jesus Christ every day.
that's not measured by political and socioeconomic standards. And sometimes it takes just one person to catch that dream and to transform a community, a family, and even a city. You wouldn't know Gary, perhaps, unless you grew up in Jackson County, which is where he grew up. He grew up in a family that believed that Bible to the heart. But they also were filled with an awful lot of fear about people who were different from them, especially if their skin color was dark. In fact, Gary's daddy pretty much taught him to hate people who were different from him. Some sort of twisted gig. He went to high school. He could have started in the movie Remember the Titans because they had race riots in his high school. You see, Gary was a football star. He was about five foot eight and he, he could bench press in high school over 350 pounds. They called him the mini brute, played for the Moss Point Tigers. He got in fights. Oh, people were really afraid of him. Graduated, married, went to work in the family business, moved out sort of in the county where he didn't have to deal with diversity. And one day, he was driving in his car down Chico Road. There may be a couple of people in the room who know about Chico. And now Chico is kind of what people would call the projects. And Gary is driving in his car. And he heard a voice. Oh, not up here, but in here. And that voice said, get out of your car, son. And get out on your knees and look around at what you see. Poverty, crime, abuse, neglect, fear, danger. And when he got up from his knees, he saw a place that called him there. He went back and he told his wife, he went back and he he told a couple of ministers that were part of his life about what had happened to him. His daddy had died in the meantime. His mama was there. His brother was a Pentecostal preacher in Jackson. But the mini brute melted away into a mighty man. He began what was called Hope House. He and his wife had already raised one child. But in that community were three children who had been abandoned. And their skin color was dark, shiny, and beautiful. And Gary adopted them. I tell you this story because you see, all means all. 
not just my people, but God's people. He rose from death. He walked out into a world and invited people to follow him into the world. Not into the church. Into the world. And when we do that, and we receive the power that Jesus' victory over death gave us and gives us, we can walk into Hattiesburg even if we live out in Lamar County, we can walk into the places in our life that need us most. Not on our own gifts and graces. What the group sing? Because he lives. We can face tomorrow. You hear me? Because he lives. We can let go of our fears like my cousin Gary did. Because, my friends, he is our hope. He is our hope. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.